Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website, shrinkthink.com forward slash awesome. Just kidding. (laughs) Forward slash podcast. We've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Disclaimer and newsflash, we are not your therapist. Welcome to the game. We are just educating you and that is it. Do not take what we're saying as a life-changing situation. Please just enjoy the program, sit back, relax, and thank you for being here. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are excited to be back here. I know as you're listening to these episodes, you're probably like just binging one after another after another. So they kind of all sound the same. But for us, it's actually been a while since we've recorded. I was on a two week trip to Europe. I was in Paris for about five days and then Italy for about 10, 11 days or so. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Live on. <laughs> yeah, rough <laughs> life. I'll say, I mean, it was great. My buddy and I saw all the things, um, all the sites that we got to see, ate some great food, drank some amazing wine. It was rough the last There's day. There's no though. wine left in Europe. There, it's gone. We drank it all. <laughs> There's now a shortage. Um, I would not be surprised, uh, but it was delicious. And And I will say that it was rough, though, because we got tired of all the traveling the walking the sightseeing i mean on the very last day let me just put it to you like this this is how bad it was we had to cancel going anywhere to the coast or traveling around anywhere and instead we just slept in had breakfast laid by the pool in rome in the hot sun shut up i mean we just couldn't go anywhere (laughs) it so sucks i i feel so bad for you i know we it was rough like we could have gone anywhere but we just couldn't so that sucked but I'm excited to be back here, back in the States, and back here. With You're like a regular Roman that day. <laughs> exactly. Just so hard being in Rome, doing nothing like a Roman. <laughs> I guess the Romans don't do anything. They don't either. do anything because they're the only ones that would have a day like that, that's where they're true. like, well, I'm not doing anything today. Yes, and I was drinking some limoncello, and that's what they do. So mm. we've got an exciting episode for you today. Thank you for having me back and for joining us. Um, we're going to continue the Enneagram series that we've been talking about. Um, we took a little break from that to talk about some other topics, but we want to round some of this out. Now, if you remember if, from way back when, the Enneagram is this circle that's got nine points on it, and those nine points are broken into three sets of three, essentially. And those three sets of three are called triads. And um, the first triad that we talked about was the body triad, which is at the very top of the circle, the numbers eight, nine, and then one. And as you continue around clockwise, you've got another little triangle triad there that includes the numbers two, three, four. And then in another episode, uh, we will be talking about the last triad, which is the head triad. And that includes numbers five, six, and seven. So today we're going to be talking about the heart triad, numbers two, three, four. And this happens to be one of my favorite triads because I happen to be smack dab in the middle of it as an Enneagram three myself. 
Yeah, me too. I'm an, I'm a little tour. He's or a maybe li- a big tour. Let's just walk away from it. <laughs> Let's break the I risk too and walk away. <laughs> yes. Well, so speaking of shame, that is like one of the core issues. We're gonna, just going to jump right in. I guess we're talking about the heart triad. Um, you mentioned shame. Uh, each each number and each uh, number on the triad has kind of a uh, predominant struggle. So the, the heart triad is called the heart triad because the feelings or the emotions of this triad are like the defining feature of the numbers two, three, and four. They feel deeply. Um, they experience the world through their emotions. The three in particular, kind of at the middle of that triad, both feels emotions strongly and also is kind of hidden from their feelings. They have trouble often knowing what they're feeling. The other ones, like the two, again, same kind of a thing. They can have trouble kind of knowing what they're feeling. They can feel deeply, but also have difficulty knowing what they're feeling and then fours can also feel very deeply and get pretty swallowed up in their feelings but on the other side the predominant struggle for the numbers in this triad is shame and shame really has to do with like your worth and for these numbers it's also um, it tends to be that their worth is defined in what they do shame is the one that really kind of tells us that it's not just that i did something bad but that i am bad and so for these numbers, they typically have to like work, they have to do something, whether it's helping somebody or perform or achieve or stand out some way to be special or unique in order to have value and worth. If they don't have those things, then the people in these numbers can really struggle with a lot of like self-worth. And particularly, for example, in the the number four, they can sink really deeply into depression because they struggle with like not knowing that they're special or unique that's kind of the one i was describing there so um that's kind of the brief overview of the heart triad but nate i want to give you a chance to jump in with thank you aaron your your little (laughs) tunis right well i actually have a question so back in the body triad there's the anger component right so this is shame and if i remember correctly the nine so so it's eight nine one the nines don't really even know that they're angry and then they all of a sudden are the eights know that they're angry and i don't remember the ones off the top of my head the ones are angry the eights are angry outwardly toward other people oh yeah that's right and the ones are angry inwardly toward themselves but often like the nines they admitting their anger can be really difficult that's right okay so is there a similarity of some kind with with the heart triad where each two, three, four kind of responds, I don't know, in particularly different. I mean, you kind of were speaking to it a little bit, but I'm kind of wondering if you, if there is a way to tease that out more or if it's just not a thing for the two, three, four. No, not as much that I'm aware of. And maybe there's somebody out there that's developed something or knows something that's bridges that similarity, but not that I know of. If I'm getting more specific about the numbers, just briefly, I kind of mentioned it a second ago, but the two um, is considered a helper. Um, the twos really like to, you know, take care of other people. They're often nurses. Counselors. Counselors can, yeah, can definitely be twos. They care a lot for other people. Um, threes are your achievers, your performers, um, people that will do a lot, accomplish a lot, or love to be in the spotlight, for example. And then your fours are, I don't remember the name of them. I should have thought. 
There, well, there are a lot. I, if I remember right, they have it more to do with being like they're artists, mm-hmm. and they they really kind of want to develop their own kind of special niche in the world, and they can get, well, like you kind of mentioned, they can get really swept up in it because they. It, depending on the health and unhealth of how their response is, that's what from what I remember. Yeah, they might be called the individualist. For oh yeah, example. yeah, yeah. I um, think they are actually the somebody that really kind of wants to kind of be their own unique person, be different from everybody else, develop their own sense of style or identity, that sort of a thing. But a lot of that, I think, really comes from like the heart, right? They they can kind of be romantic or um, passionate. Yeah, passionate, but like they kind of look at the world through this ideal romantic lens from the heart of like oh the world could be this way should be this way but it's not they kind of look at the world as not kind of similar to the ones in the way that it should be but it's not like in the right way it's kind of more of like a romantic like this would be ideal this would be like really wonderful and loving and and you know that sort of a thing fours also i believe um as a number struggle with envy in addition to like shame is like the core component that every number in this triad struggles with. So in that way, if four would look out at the world and go like, Oh, somebody else understands or gets this better than me. And I'm a pile of crap for it. Like I, or they get attention or they get something more unique than me, or they have something that's, you know, everyone has a, it's kind of like the four on the Enneagram is the one that's envious of everybody else. All oh, the other numbers are so cool. You have something and I'm just like this depressed pile of, you know, artistry and creativity or something like that. Like they're just looking at every other person, every number as like better than them because they feel like they don't belong. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then, so then that's how the shame works. Like as far as how they get sucked in. So how does the three get sucked into shame? Well, by performing, right? The three, in a sense, is like the on the Enneagram is like the the three and the eights have like the most energy and they can accomplish the most. But um, people will say that the three will just go crazy for accomplishments and performance because that's they will drive and drive and drive to no end. They will hurt themselves, tire themselves, wear themselves out. Because they believe that their worth is in what they do, but that it's a hamster wheel because that bar is continually getting higher. If I've achieved this, well, then maybe I can achieve the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. But it's a hamster wheel, right? Because it never stops. If I stop achieving, then my worth is in question because I'm not doing something and I can only be valuable and worthy if I'm doing something. So I can have to continue to perform and achieve and get better at things. So to avoid that feeling of shame, the three is going to have to schedule their relaxation or else they're lazy. Yes, <laughs> no, that's actually, you're, you're not wrong about that. And this is kind of funny because I, I will work with a lot of um, like high achieving people. And from the internal family systems perspective, we talked about um, in a previous episode that we all often have these managers, like a part of us that is sort of like a, a narrator or a manager that's sort of telling us the what we should do, sort of keeping us in check. Threes often will have very strong managers absolutely telling us, well, it's, okay, I need to perform now. Now it's time to like take a break and I need to relax. And so when I'm working with people, I'll be telling them, you need to stop doing and just be. 
And then their manager will like pull out a notepad and paper and be like, okay, what are the steps to that? Okay, so first I need to do this and then I can do that. And I can I could kill this being thing really. And I'm like, you're not being, you're doing, right? Stop, stop doing. <laughs> Let it put it down. Just relax. Okay, so I need how do how should I relax? What are the steps of relaxation? <laughs> right? I'm gonna be the best relaxer. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna be more relaxed than anybody that's ever relaxed. <laughs> what are you doing right now? Killing it relaxing. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> that's not too far off. Depending on the health and the unhealth of a three for sure. That's awesome. Okay, so I'm I'm a two, and I'm trying to think of like how is it that I get sucked into the shame machine? I think, go ahead. Yeah, the twos are um, are helpers, right? So they love to, they, they get their value and worth by giving to other people, mm-hmm. by being valuable to other people. They certainly do. And in some senses, it can be, it can be a se- seen as selfless, um, but in many ways, it's actually very self-serving. Mm-hmm. Um, and Except for with me, but I understand. Keep <laughs> right. It's already done the work on this. <laughs> right. <laughs> you really have to, I think, do you do have to do the work to understand that you do have a you get a sense of fulfillment and pride for like, oh, I'm valuable or I um, I'm cared about because I've done something for somebody else. This is a is so instead of performing and doing and achieving like a three, the two is helping other people. It's giving, it's caring, it's sacrificing. Twos often will be the person um, if there's like a party or if there's an event that's happening and you ask a two to help out, they'll be like, of course I'll be there. They'll be like setting up chairs, um, putting tablecloths on tables. They will be doing all of the things right to help out. They'll be there early and stay late. Because they're like acts of service. It's like, this is the way that I can be helpful to other people. And so part of the way that they can get sucked in the shame is if they're not recognized or acknowledged for what they're doing, they will give and give and give and be like, oh, I'm so happy to give and I just love to help you. And at some point, if it's not being recognized, they will become resentful. Yeah. And well, as you're saying that, this is like you're reading my newspaper. Um, but, I'm exposing you. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say I, the recognition piece doesn't have to be huge. It's more, it's, I think it's more that it, the noticing, like you have to have an effect, like there has to be some kind of effect. It doesn't necessarily mean we, that you need a hand clap. Cause I think in that way, it's maybe different than a three might need to know that they've achieved something and be thanked for it. I don't know that. Um, like, cause as you're saying that, I'm like, I totally do that. I totally do all that. I all think, that. I think it might, you might say something like this. A two um, might want appreciation, right? Just to be appreciated for what they've done. And a three might want admiration for what they've achieved. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I th- I think um, it's interesting because I think back over my, the course of my life and I want what I'm wondering right now is I'm integrating the fear triangle. And I think us twos are probably very natural rescuers. 100%. And so... I had like a code, like the codependency thing for a two is so easy to get sucked into because we are trying to get the same help that we're giving. So what we really want is exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be served. We want somebody to come and care for us that way. And so if it's not happening, I think, I think that's where some of the anxiety comes in. And then we just like try harder. Let's just do more. Let's just do more. And that's where I think the selfishness, unhealthiness comes in is you've got to just keep doing and doing and doing. But the doing is not the same as a three. 
No, it's not. At, yeah, as a three myself, the doing is like I need to feel like I'm the best or I am competent. Um, a lot of my friends and colleagues will say, um, it, and these these words I think are very accurate. I there's a feeling of I need to be excellent at everything that I do. I re- I can remember like I when I play golf, for example, um, I don't play that often because I'm terrible at it, and it drives me. crazy crazy because no matter how hard i try i'm bad at it but i play it also because i know that i need to just enjoy i need to just have fun or if i've tried something for the first time i want to get it down because i have the feeling of like i need to be excellent at this and so i have to continually challenge myself to be like it's okay if i'm still learning or if i didn't know Mm -hmm. something or if i made a mistake i'm not a failure aka i don't need to experience shame just because i failed or messed up or made a mistake it's okay because I'm learning. And that's a hard place for a three to be in because they continually need had to keep doing things. Yeah. So maybe for a two, you know, they're looking, I'm just kind of making this up um, from what I know. A two is looking for appreciation. A three might be looking for admiration. And I think a four is looking for affirmation. Hmm. You are special. Right. In I, your own way. Right. So, okay. So, so let's separate that out maybe even more. Cause as you were talking, I think, I think I care more about specialness than I would like excellence. So like, I don't care if I'm the absolute best about something when that's like most things, but you put me in some situations and I am absolutely going to try to be the best at it. Yeah. We all have like elements of the other numbers in us for sure. But um, I would care more about the uniqueness and specialness um, of a situation of being that the recognition of, because it gets to the core of who I am. So like, which is again, that shame component, right? Right. Shame does the same thing. It connects with your identity. Right. So good shame, which I kind of hate that to be honest, but, um, would be still that connection. Like, so if you recognize like, oh, this is like something that I did and it highlights the specialness of me while at the same time being seen, then, then I'm like, I'm on top of the world at that point. Like, this is great, but it goes the other way. It can go absolutely the opposite direction into the nastiness. Um, but then I'm saying that because I'm thinking as you're talking about the four, I'm like, you know, there is a, I mean, I, f- I feel like fours are supercharged on the uniqueness standpoint. Like they always have one more thing that they find out that they don't measure up. Like there's, it's, I think fours being close to fives on the, on the circle there. Fives are your researchers that fours, the fours I've met do, do a lot of research typically. And so they will, they're not the same as a five, but they will understand something and think, oh, I could be unique. And then they learn one more thing. No, I'm not like. Right. Exactly. That's kind of the thing. It's like fours might experience themselves as being like doing something or being a certain way. And it has some goodness or some good quality. But then it's like they look up and see somebody else who's better or who's more getting more attention or more affirmation or acknowledgement or something and then feel left out feel like they don't belong, feel like they're now nobody. It's like they'll sink down very quickly into that pit of despair, which is, can be a huge struggle because those emotions of the four can really swallow Mm -hmm. them up and they get, they can get stuck in, in that. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because a lot of fours are very artistic and they're, they're very able to express like things that can't be as um, defined in language. Like they could, you know, they make some art artistic rendering of something and you like you as a viewer feel all these things 
and you connect to it. And even then they're like not happy with it sometimes, right. you know, it's like, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I know this is my throwaway piece. Right, right. <laughs> you know? I didn't want you to see that because there's 18,000 mistakes when it, the fours can all, they can't, they can certainly um, be creative like that. And I've known some fours that can also be really good communicators about mm. some of those deep things, um, whether it's in a creative way, an expressive way, or just in some sort of articulate way that really expresses kind of the depth or the experience of those kind of deeper places in a very, it's often very beautiful, sometimes very dark, um, but very, um, I think, touching sort of a way that's very unique that other other numbers, other types of personalities don't have the ability to do. Yeah, I think there's a risk of getting sidetracked here, but I think in particular fours, I think have probably some of the hardest time in relationships with sevens. I mean, sevens can go deep, but they really don't care. Like it's at some point it's too boring because like, why are we spending our time? It's not really doing anything. And it's too negative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to highlight kind of the the extremes inside of that, that 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 can be a really hard relationship because of what you're saying, like the four being deep. Quite frankly, the four is really deep. Yeah. The, those are the folks that kind of drive meaning like mm-hmm. in our world, I think. Exactly. hundred percent. I would say. I kind of waffle. I'm not sure. Um, people have talked with me, challenging me a little bit, just as we kind of close the episode here. I'm a three for sure. And I've got some like two tendencies or some two patterns, maybe you could say traits. Um, but also I have a lot of four qualities and yeah, I'm always looking for that, that depth, that meaning, um, which can be really good. And we can bring a lot of that to relationships. And in some ways you can be your own worst enemy, right? Just like all the, just like every number, the heart triad can be really wonderful and really great, but you also have to get to a place of health where you're at so that you don't sink into that shame and that you don't just drive yourself to do things to earn your worth, but that you can mm-hmm. see that you are good enough as you are. And then you can kind of move away from um, what kind of that core piece of that is and just embody the good, healthy qualities of those numbers. Right. That's what I was just going to say. It's like the, the reality is because we, we do need to talk about health as we close here. The healthiness is that you, you already are okay. You don't need to do something and then you're okay. You don't need to be a certain way and then you're okay. You don't need to understand something specifically and then you're okay. You already are. So it's, as you grow, as you grow, it's about learning to give yourself the space so that you don't get sucked in like a big, into a bit of a big whirlwind of what you think you should be doing. And the hardest place to do that is in your intimate relationships because that's where that's where twos, threes, and fours are going to get sucked into the the meaning and the depth and go like it's uh, you know like and you got to give yourself space, step back, and relax in several steps and have a great day. No, oh, have a great day, Aaron. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.